of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Just close your eyes, just give God some glory, bless his holy name, lift up your voice wherever you are, just give him glory, give him praise. Oh, I can't hear you, just worship him this morning, worship him this morning, worship him this morning. Give him all the praise, give him all the glory, ascribe all the honor and praises unto him in the name of Jesus. Thank him for the week that has just gone past, just thank him for his grace that is sufficient for you and for his strength that is made perfect even in the times of your weakness
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. For your word says, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. And may I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare a supernatural injunction on in any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare this place in the hearts and the minds of the people of God, sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their Father through their word this morning. To glory Father, to glory Son, to glory Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord as we take our seats? Oh, you are clapping as if you borrowed your hands and that clap was too short. Hallelujah. We thank God for this morning. Amen. How many of you are happy to be in church? And how many of you are ready for the word? Hallelujah. We thank God that church has resumed fully. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. As at yesterday night, some people were asking whether there will be church this morning. I think some people thought we were still doing the once in a while thing. So from now, we are having church here every Sunday. Hallelujah. Every single Sunday. The midweek services will continue to be online until further notice. But as for here or Sunday service, we'll have Sunday service every Sunday. Amen. So this morning, I want to share with you something that I believe will help you. Hallelujah. Tell somebody the word will help you. Tell somebody else the word will help you hallelujah yeah today I, I'm, I'm coming to declare a war hallelujah I'm coming to declare a war so somebody who asked what war is that so the title of my message is the war against the flesh hallelujah tell somebody to help you tell somebody else it will help you hallelujah today we are declaring war on the flesh amen because the bible says it is the spirit that quickeneth; the flesh profited nothing that's what scripture says it is the spirit that quickeneth; the flesh it profited nothing in other words there is nothing good in the flesh hallelujah you see as human beings we are made up of the spirit the soul and the body and a lot of times people don't understand the difference between the body and the flesh today I'll, I'll explain the difference between the body and the flesh hallelujah the difference between the body and the flesh is the same as the difference between the brain and the mind all right you won't see an anatomy book that talks about the mind it's about the brain so the brain is the physical structure and the mind is the function okay so the difference between the body and the flesh is that the body is the physical anatomical structure what you can touch what you can feel but the flesh is what the body does hallelujah and the bible is telling us here that the flesh profits nothing it doesn't mean the body profits nothing. I 
that's why your body you needed your body to be able to come if you didn't have a body how would you, you be a spirit you'll be a ghost hovering around like that so it's not talking about your body it's talking about your flesh the functions the things that come out of your your physical being you see when you become born again it is your spirit man that becomes born again your flesh is not born again <laughs> hallelujah it is your spirit man that becomes born again i explained to you when i was doing my series on judgment and things like that that you see there are three dimensions of salvation as people like to say it they said we were saved we are being saved and we shall be saved okay we were saved that one is past tense it's a concluded matter the day became born again your spirit man was saved okay but we are being saved because our soul which has a component called the mind is gradually being renewed that's why the bible talks about the fact that we should be transformed by the renewal of your mind so as you are listening to the word of god today it's all part of the salvation of your soul that's why when the bible talks about you must work out your own salvation with fear and trembling it's talking about the salvation of the soul the daily renewal of mind i'm sure there's a certain mentality you came here with but as the word of god is preached that mentality will be changed for the better hallelujah it is salvation of the soul and then we shall be saved that is in the future that is when we are raptured out of this flesh so the first salvation was the salvation of your spirit man where your spirit man was reborn that's why when you become born again you don't become a physical baby and you are wearing diapers because it's not your body that becomes born again it's your spirit man that becomes born again it is a, a newborn baby your soul is being renewed every day it's being strengthened every day and it's a continuous salvation thing but then there is a last one which is the salvation of the body itself which will happen on the day of the rapture when the bible says within the twinkling of an eye we shall all be changed and we shall be caught up with him we can't meet christ with this body so we'll all be given a glorified body like the one christ had when he resurrected from the dead the body christ had when he resurrected from the dead that could pass through walls and stuff like that the apostles were in a closed room and he entered it's because he had a glorified body that was a prototype when we say a prototype it's like a sample of something if samsung is going to bring a new um phone right now they'll do a prototype which is like an example and then after that they do their mass production of the prototype so jesus's body that he had was a prototype of what we all have and that is why the bible refers to him as the firstborn from among the dead hallelujah so when we have that change in body even if you are dead by the rapture that change in your physical body is going to occur that's what the bible says the dead in christ will, will be resurrected first everybody will have that change anybody who is going to meet christ will have that change hallelujah so as for the daily renewal of our mind as for the consistent renewal of our mind it is an important thing amen and today we want to talk about the flesh and we want to wage war against the flesh hallelujah we are all saved hallelujah we are we are all saved but we need to deal with the flesh hallelujah we need to war against the flesh so somebody will ask why is it that we need to war against the flesh why is it that we need to 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 deal with the flesh i'll give you just two reasons reason number one why we need to deal with the flesh is that the flesh can disgrace you 
the flesh it can it can embarrass you you do fleshly things and it will embarrass you it will spoil your good name the name that you have struggled to earn the flesh can destroy it deeds of the flesh can destroy it that's what the bible says the flesh profited nothing the second reason which for me is very very important is the fact that these acts or deeds of the flesh are the receptor sites and landing grounds for the enemy in your life when you walk in the spirit the enemy has has nothing against you you see the enemy always looks for a loophole the enemy always looks for a landing ground if a plane is coming from the united states of america and it's not giving permission to land at kutuka international airport all it can do is to hover around and hover around until those in the control towers give it permission to land the enemy can hover around you and hover around you if there is no landing spot if there's no appropriate landing place the enemy cannot land in your life that is why jesus said the prince of this world came but he found nothing in me there was no landing ground for the enemy the enemy could circle around and do whatever but there was no receptor side there was nothing in him that could accept the presence of the enemy and today i want to submit to you that the deeds of the flesh act as the receptor sites they act as the the, the landing grounds it's, it's like the airport or the docking place for the ship of the enemy in your life hallelujah and so if we are able to deal with the flesh and we are able to crucify the flesh and we are able to mortify the flesh we will see less and less of the hand of the enemy in our lives look christianity is not just about making declarations it's not just about speaking spiritual jargons and making confessions when the things that you are supposed to do you are not doing you are busy killing witches by your own flesh that is closest to you which is harming you and causing you more harm more problems than that perceived witch you are you are busy binding the witch and binding the wizard meanwhile your flesh is flooring you all the time hallelujah we need to do the most important things first we must do the first things first hallelujah deal with the flesh you can go around and say i cannot be shake shake can't be shake i cannot be shake meanwhile you are engaging in sexual immorality and doing things that will give you gonorrhea i said today i'll say things can i say some things today can i preach at all yeah, the flesh now you can go around when when we are talking about our dominion mandate and this and this, why don't we add the dominion over the flesh too but then when we go around and say because of the grace of god meanwhile the enemy is just defeating us and defeating us every day but the days of defeat are over hallelujah the bible says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh walk in the spirit maybe one day i'll preach on walk in the spirit today we are warring against the flesh can we have galatians chapter 5 galatians chapter 5 verse 19 let's have the king james first and then we'll break it down to nlt the king james uses certain words that a lot of people don't understand at least today i've given you one english lesson on the difference between the the body and the flesh and the mind and the 
and the brain. Alright, so this is what the Bible says. It says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. You see, all these things they are going to mention, and we can have a sermon on each of them. Today I'll bunch all of them together, and then another time I'll take them one by one. Hallelujah. So, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Next verse. Envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which, that's what I like in James, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But I like the part that says, and such like. When you count what has been listed, there are 17. But it says, and such like. That means it's not just 17. There are some things you will not see written here. But they are also deeds of the flesh. They, they are all, we'll bunch all of them together and add them to the such like. So some of the things that you argue, it is not in the Bible. I have not seen it in the Bible. It is such like. It's part of the such like. Today me, I'm telling you, it is part of the such like. When you do those things, you yourself deep inside you, you know. You know, there's a spirit inside you. And you know that it is wrong. But you say, it is not written in the Bible. I have not seen it in the Bible. It is such like. Hallelujah. Let's read the NLT of this. It breaks some of these things down. Better for us. Let's start from the verse 19 again. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. Next. Idolatry, sorcery, which is witchcraft, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension division verse 21 envy drunkenness today i'll show you the difference between envy and jealousy today i'm doing english <laughs> people use the two words interchangeably you wonder why is envy here and jealousy i'll show you the difference it's a very very simple difference between envy and jealousy drunkenness wild parties wild parties and other sins like these he said let me tell you again as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God who said it the Holy Spirit through Apostle Paul <laughs> said it so now let's take them one by one hallelujah from verse 19 He said, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. Everybody say sexual immorality. This one, let me talk about this small because I'm preparing a whole, what do you call it on this one? Uh-huh. You see, I'll be doing a series on the Christian in the contemporary world very soon. I'll talk about the Christian in music, the Christian in fashion, the Christian in entertainment, 
the Christian and politics, the Christian and money, and I'm going to add the Christian and sex. And that one, it will be no who's bad. I will say whatever I have to say. Hallelujah. And we, we need such messages in these times. I, I will say, go through the different, different levels of sex, mental sex, spiritual sex. You don't know the spiritual sex. <laughs> Please keep the, the verse on because we are going to go through one by one. Is that when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. Everybody say sexual immorality. Now, the other version broke them down into adultery, fornication, but this one it, it lumps them together as sexual immorality. Now, when we say somebody is engaged in sexual immorality, a lot of people make the mistake of assuming that like sexual immorality means sex where the definition of sex is penetrative sex between a man and a woman we are all 18 years and above don't look at me like you don't know what i'm talking about even if you are not 18 i know you know <laughs> we assume when we talk about sexual immorality it means you are sleeping around you are fornicating or you are having sex with a married person adultery or having sex outside marriage but you see sexual immorality is different from sex the word sexual means related to sex so if we are talking about sexual immorality we are talking about immorality that is related to sex so it doesn't necessarily have to be sex hallelujah you see we need to talk about some of these things because when you follow what is going on on social media and some of the things that are going on around if you don't take time your principles will be shifted and you don't realize your principles have been shifted now dating married men is almost becoming normal in the society you have two celebrities so-called celebrities this week the airwaves and the social media it was just nasty who supposedly have all dated the same married man and one comes and is insulting the other and actually boasting about the properties she has acquired as a result of sleeping with men she could actually open her mouth and say why should a young lady sleep with somebody she's not married to and not collect money for it she said if you want to sleep with her for free then marry her and she was advising the young ladies that look make sure you get something out of the sexual relationship don't let them come and just sleep with you and go like that boasting that she has three houses in a very exclusive part of Accra and all of them is because she has been dating married men and these are the people people are supposed to be looking up to so nowadays you meet young girls and they are not prepared to work hard they are not prepared to dream they are not prepared to have a vision in life all they are looking for is somebody's husband somebody that somebody else has toiled with for years and now things are, have become good gentlemen here yeah, when you toil with your wives and you get money please don't go for side chicks hallelujah stick with the wife of your youth 
It is not a blessing for you that you struggle with somebody in life. Now when you are broken through the clouds and you are cruising, then some younger young girl somewhere who doesn't know anything about life just come and you are pumping all your money to God forbid that that will happen in your life. So our principles are being changed by some of these people. In fact, when I go on social media, I just get sad. Nowadays, a prostitution has been disguised. Now, people don't stand on the streets again and do prostitution. On the internet, they'll post pictures of themselves. Send me new. Facebook will not allow full nudity. So, half naked. Instagram will not allow that. They'll do those things. And boys, boys too, with their hormones raging, left, right, center, will go and be commenting and comment. And somebody will say, drop me your number. And they call the person and then they arrange, okay, if you want to sleep with me, meet me here, so, so, and so. This is the amount. They say it's not called prostitution. It's called hookup. That's a new name, hookup. And many young girls, Christians included, are hooking up with people. Because somebody was defining the hookup. He said it's not prostitution because that one, prostitution, you have to stand by the street. No, you don't have to stand by the street to be a prostitute. Once you are collecting money in exchange for sexual favors, and the sexual favors I'm talking about, not only talking about penetrative sex between a man and a woman. Nowadays, there are male prostitutes. There are female prostitutes as well. And it's all because of the moral decadence in the system. Look, this thing called sex. Let's not joke with it. We, we've played with it and it's like it's now becoming normal. It's like when you are, you are in a relationship, it is expected. When you are not doing it, you are rather the odd one. They say, ah, so if, what do you do? So I just, they just look at each other's faces like that. So what do you do? Our mentality is being shifted in the wrong direction and we need preachings and teachings like that to bring us back into alignment. If you are beginning to feel like there is nothing wrong with this, today, as your pastor, I'm telling you that it is wrong. There is something very wrong with it and God hates it. God hates it. Look, sex outside marriage is such a big jump. It is a huge jump. And I'll explain to you why I'm talking about the fact that it is a huge jump. It's a huge jump because God made sex exclusively for married couples. It is meant to complete the bond that the marriage starts. The Bible says, you see, at the end of the day, marriage is supposed to make the two people one person. And when I talk about one person, I'm talking about both at the level of the flesh and the inner man. You see, when you're married to somebody, it gets to a point you can anticipate the person's thoughts. Sometimes you can even feel what they are feeling when you are far away, when you've been in it for a while. You can feel it like you can sense when the person is not with you and the person is even not happy, you know it. You can feel it. I'm talking from experience. So the aim is to make you one human being, both at the level of the flesh and the spirit. And what brings you together at the level of the flesh? The Bible says, A man shall leave his mother and his father. And shall be joined to, and they shall become one flesh. So that is the marriage. Marriage, two requirements: parental consent or family consent. That is why 
the traditional one is also important. It shows that the family has consented. So family consent and then two, God's blessing. That's what you need for marriage. So the marriage makes you one flesh. But you are not yet one human being. Hallelujah. The completion comes in when the marriage has been consummated. And when we say consummated, it means you have had sexual intercourse. In certain laws, when you are going for a divorce hearing, the first question they will ask you, has this marriage been consummated? That means, have you had sexual intercourse? If the answer is no, it is no longer a divorce hearing. It becomes an annulment. They don't even consider it a marriage fully. When the two people have not had sexual intercourse. So the hearings become different, completely different. When there hasn't been a consummation. So the consummation is what actually makes you one human being. But this is a case where you have jumped parental consent. You have jumped God's blessing. You have jumped being joined in the flesh. And you have made a big leap into being joined at the inner man level. Are you getting the the jump I'm talking about? It is such a huge jump. You have broken protocol. You have messed up the procedure. And these things, they are deeds of the flesh. They are landing grounds for the enemy. There are some people who will not have sex with a woman physically, but in their minds, in their minds, they are very, 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 very sexually active. Highly active sexually in their mind. The things they have imagined. Putting them into practice will be a problem. In the mind. All these things come together to form sexual immorality. Impurity. That means anything that is not pure. So all those things. I know the ones you are thinking. All of them, they are impure. They are under impure. All of them. Lustful pleasures. The things you listen to, the things you watch. And you see, God is not only angry with those who do it, but those who also take pleasure or derive pleasure from those who are doing it. Somebody says, something like pornography is not written anywhere in the Bible. Those days there was no TV, there was no video, so how can you talk about pornography and, you know, things like that. Let's read something from... Um, Romans 1 32. Romans chapter 1 verse 32. Give me the King James for that one. Romans 1 32. He had listed some things. Some fleshly things. And he said, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do sin. That means you know that these things are bad. So you know, if two people who are not married are having sex is bad. You know if a, a woman is sleeping with a woman is bad. You know all these things. You know that they are worthy of the judgment of God. They not only do same. So some will do and act out what they see. But then there's another category. He said, but have pleasure in them that do it. 
So God is not only angry with the one who is committing the act. The one who is also taking pleasure in it, deriving pleasure from it and and liking those who do it. Sexual immorality, impurity. But as I said, that one will have time for it. So let me jump and go to the others. Let's go back to the Galatians chapter 5. Quick. Idolatry. Everybody say idolatry. When we talk about idolatry, what comes into people's minds is an ugly image in a shrine somewhere and people pouring libation to it and bowing down to it. That is one level of idolatry. Let me tell you, the one thing God warned human beings about the most in the Bible is idolatry. That's the one thing God, God warned humans about the most. There are warnings against idolatry both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's no time for me to take you through all of them. But if you want one thing, it's not adultery, it's not fornication, it's not murder, it is idolatry. So there are different levels of idolatry. We have what we call overt idolatry and then covert idolatry. In overt idolatry, you are openly worshipping an idol. You know there are Christians who believe, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God. They say it's the same God we are worshipping. The Odumankuma or whatever, the traditional people, is the same. it's not the same. Hallelujah. It's not the same. These things are demon, their principalities and powers. Sometimes people even try to use scriptures to justify things. There are scriptures you can use to justify all sorts of things. But you have to look at the scripture. In what context was it said? Who was saying it? Under what circumstance? Was a person saying it in a backsliding state? There are a lot of things people said in a backsliding state, but it's in the Bible. You can't take them and say they are justified. You can do them because it is in the Bible. It doesn't work that way. So there are people, idolatry, of just idolatry. You have a Christian, but he has some pot under his. That once in a while he sacrifices to, oh, so I, I mean, what is God's? They will give it to God. But the tradition, this one, this, we were born into it. You know, it's a, this is our tradition. The white men came and they use the, the Bible to enslave us and blah, blah, blah. blah. So we mustn't leave what, 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 what is ours. Doesn't leave what is ours. I've told you that there is a difference between culture or tradition and religion. There's nothing wrong with culture. Every group of people have their culture, things that they do. But there's a point where culture intersects with religion. When I talk about religion, we are talking about things like prayer and stuff like that. So something like pouring libation to ancestors. It is tradition, but it's also religion. But you, where religion is concerned, you have decided that you are not a religious prostitute. So you have submitted to Christianity that teaches us that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Not through your dead ancestors who themselves are going to face judgment. Hallelujah. So that is the overt idolatry. Now, there are a lot of so-called men of God who are actually fetish priests. 
I was having a discussion with my wife just two days ago. I told her, look, a lot of the people you see around, they are fetish priests. They have only put on the clerical so that they will get a bigger market. You see, when you advertise yourself as a fetish priest, the whole idea of a fetish priest is already negative in the minds of people. So you won't get clients. But if you go and hire an auditorium and you wear cassock, because some of the things that people do, it's pure idolatry. One person was giving a story. She went to see a man of God for a certain problem. And a man of God said, you see, all of these things in the name of Akwanchere, Akwanchere, Akwanchere things. And people are doing all kinds of stuff. He said she should bring a chameleon. You should look for a white goat. Bring two bottles of that. Isn't this what a malam or a fetish priest will tell you when you go to see her? And this is a, a prophet. How do you say chameleon in tree? Is it Denchem? No, Denchem is a crocodile. What is chameleon? Or Bosom what? The Bosom Christ even called Abu Bosom Akotre. Bosom. And they say bring it and we are going to use it here. They are out. Somebody, when he said the prophet said he should go and bring the penis of a dog. They brought it to me. He poured something and said, Swallow. And he swallowed. So called pastors. How can you be a pastor when you went and saw a malam and a juju man for you to start doing what you are doing? That means your spiritual father is a malam. The spiritual father is one who gives you impartation. So when you go every year, you go and sacrifice, and then they put their addition on you. But it's like, Take it, <laughs> receive it. Go and do whatever you want to do with it. Your spiritual father is a man. Your spiritual father is a fetish priest. You can call yourself a pastor. Hallelujah. So there is overt idolatry. And it is in the system right now. But then there is a more dangerous one which is covert. Which a lot of us walk in. When we talk about idolatry or something being an idol. We are talking about something that takes the place of God in your life. Something that replaces God in your life. is an idol. Your phone, many people's phones are their idols. When you wake up in the morning, instead of saying, Lord, thank you for looking after me throughout the night, protecting me from the witches in my village. First thing is, how many messages have I received? Who has sent me a WhatsApp? I know I'm dialing numbers. It's like the first thing you do. You are addicted to that sound, that that's what somebody said anything you are doing once you hear that sound you have to go and take your phone and look at it our phones are idols we are addicted to our phones when you do psychology and they are are teaching you about alcoholism one of the signs that somebody is an alcoholic is that they use alcohol as what we call the eye opener in the morning if they've not drunk their eyes haven't opened you too if you have not gone to facebook or gone to it's like you have not woken up it's a sign that you are addicted especially when you post something on your status the whole day you'll be checking your phone how many people have seen it how many people have commented on it and when people are not liking your picture that you did this and you took and you are depressed the whole day. It's like life is not nice. Life is life is hard. Life is difficult. All because you're not getting like, 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 like. 
idolatry. Today, may God open your eyes to see the idols that are in your life. And you begin to take them out. Because they are all landing grounds for the enemy in your life. So the blessings God gives us, they turn out to be idols. Your marriage can be an idol. There are people when they marry, they stop coming to church. Some people, they are child. When they have a child, it's like church. That's why I'm happy when I see married people still singing in the choir. It is a good thing. Hallelujah. In some places, it's as if once you have a ring on, the choir is for single people or people who are looking for <laughs> partners in life. So it's like once you marry, you have graduated. Why should you come and sing? The blessings, the blessings of God, they can become the business. That thing that you were struggling, that business that is now working. Has become an idol. You don't even think about scriptures again. Um, seven ways to increase profit. Seven, you don't read the word. You like nothing. God has all your time is on how I can build this vision. How I can build this baby that God has given unto me. You believe God gave it unto you, but you are forgetting the blesser and worshiping the blessing. Idols. An idol is simply a distraction. Your relationship can become an idol in your life. It can become an idol. You want to come to church on Sunday? He says, oh, um, let's meet at so-so and so. What time do you want to meet? Um, 10.30. Oh, but church ends at 11. You nowadays, you don't have time for me at all. We need to have time for each other. Okay, 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 okay. I won't go to church. He has become an idol in your life. And God detests idolatry. Your academics can become an idol in your life. Your obsession is all about how to get that, a what do you call it, distinction. Past two is good. Hallelujah. How many of you agree with me that past is good? Distinction is good. Credit is good. But past two is good. Past what are you talking about? When you finish school, five years down the line, who has who got fifty-one and who got seventy-five? All of you pass. Say so we are classmates, class of pass. That is it. I'm not encouraging the spirit of mediocrity, but don't sacrifice your relationship with God just because of human accolades. That cannot follow you into eternity. Things that will lose their value yet the day you die, that certificate is gone. When you receive your MBCHB, it doesn't tell how many A's you got. It is all the same, the same date, everything like this, everything is the same. <laughs> it's the same for everybody. So don't let it become an idol. Yes, strive after excellence, but don't sacrifice. Or don't achieve it on the altar of, of, of your relationship with God. Idolatry. Sorcery. Which is witchcraft. Now I don't say anything about it. I've preached four messages on witchcraft. Go to the podcast. Fleshly level of witchcraft. And then witchcraft as an evil spiritual power. They are all there. Fleshly witchcraft. When you are manipulative. You like to use tears to get what you want. 
You know the person can't stand here, so no, then you go and put some rub <laughs> under your eyes and you you fake it. Say go, 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 get what you want. That's a, it's witchcraft, but it's witchcraft in the flesh. Hallelujah. It's witchcraft in a lot of people practice it. A lot of people are witches and wizards in the flesh. They don't fly. They don't fly, but they are practicing serious witchcraft. The domineering spirit. Nobody can correct you. And some people, they don't like correction. And interesting, such people, they like to correct people. They like to point things out. Hey, and this is every time they want to give you a lecture. Come, 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 come. Let me speak to you. They don't like rebuke. There are people like that. Amos talks about such people. They, they hate rebuke. They hate rebuke. It's Amos 5.10, I think. Amos 5.10. Let me see what this is. Amos 5.10. Yes, it says, They hate the one who rebukes in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. There are people like that. They just hate rebuke. When you point things out to them, they get angry with you. They block you. It is witchcraft. It is all witchcraft. Let's go back to Galatians. Sorcery. So that one, if you want the, uh, what do you call it? Go and, go and listen to the podcast. Four. Four messages on witchcraft. Let's go back to Galatians chapter five. Sorcery. Hostility. Some people are very hostile. They are rude. You know, some people, they're rude. They say it's like part of them. They don't have to, fall. they don't have to. They do it effortlessly. They just want to tell you, oh, can you shift a little? You better move. <laughs> it's like inherent rudeness. They are hostile. Hey, you better move. What is wrong? They say, oh, can you please shift and let me sit down? You better move. If you know what is good for you. hostility quarreling quarreling there are some people they don't like peace so every time they want to quarrel whether with their friends with their roommates it's like every time that they can't go one week and there's no tension between them and somebody every time they are not talking to somebody Somebody is annoying them. I don't want to see this person again. I'm, I'm done with him. I'm done with it. It's a squirreling spirit. If you take it into marriage, you will not be happy. Because you want to pick on. There are times you just have to let things go because you yourself you are not you are not perfect. But just people they pick on very little things people do, and they are always finding faults with others, quarreling. It's a deed of the flesh. Jealousy. Now I'll take jealousy and envy at the same time. Because I said I'll, I'll show you the difference. A lot of people use jealousy and envy interchangeably, but it's, it's very, very wrong. Today, do you want to know the difference between jealousy and, and envy? Okay. You see, with envy. Somebody has something and you are envious, you are not happy about it. You wish you had it. 
so you are envious somebody is in a relationship you are not so you look at them and you say let's see how long this thing will last yeah, I know it's on all last oh ah, this hair character look at her head like a tennis ball I don't even know what he saw in her there are people like this around <laughs> you just you decide to go well, see how that is envy pure envy Cain's case was a, a typical case of envy. It's like God approved Abel's sacrifice and rejected it. So he was envious. Like he wishes he had been accepted. Saul was clearly envious of David. He wishes he had killed, uh, what do you call it, Goliath and had all the fans from the women. Women, they can cause trouble. You, David has killed Goliath. Sing for David and leave Saul out. Saul has killed his thousands. The man is sitting in the palace somewhere. Just say David has killed his ten thousands and go. But I say Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed ten thousands. Of course, the man will be what do you call it? Envy. Even in ministry, there's envy. There's envy in ministry. When the people tend to like somebody more. Hey, why is it that? Be, I mean, me, when, when I said amen, only two people said amen. <laughs> now, you ain't say amen, everybody. Amen. What is it? What is it? What is it? It's the, the spirit of envy. You can have situations where spiritual fathers are envious of their spiritual sons. Mm, a Saul and David kind of thing. You realize that somebody's growing in his gift. And they try to shut you down. Hey, don't prophesy again. Do you understand me? Don't prophesy without my permission. I have to vet. And the vetting is that you won't prophesy. That's the vetting. You won't prophesy. Envy. And they'll persecute you until you run out of the ministry. There are a lot of rogue ministries that have started as a result of envy from people's spiritual fathers. But I mean, I'll, I'll not be envious of your gift too. I shall promote it. In fact, I'll lay hands on you more for the gift to manifest even the more. That is what fathers are supposed to do. Hallelujah. Ah, you see, if you father somebody and the person is doing well in ministry, shouldn't you be happy? You say, this is my son. Now, they say, ministry, people are claiming sons that are not the so because they are doing well in ministry and they have a good name. Everybody, this is my son. This is my son. This is... They don't even know what is going on in their lives. But they want them as sons. That is envy. So with envy, somebody has something and, and, and you, you, you wish you had it. So you're unhappy about it. But with jealousy, you have something and you are insecure about it. You are afraid somebody else will come and take it away. That is jealousy. So somebody's beloved can be jealous. When he still maintains a close relationship with an old friend. You know, this thing it happens. So maybe the lady had a close friend, male friend, nothing like buddy, buddy, buddy. And then she starts going out with some. There are some people they can just be your friends. Like you, you just can't like them beyond friend, friend, brotherly. Do you get what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And then you start going out with somebody, but you still maintain the the friendship. Then jealousy comes in. Because hey, anytime you see you people are laughing and you are jumping, ah, why are you people happy like that? 
You seem to like the person's company. But you see, the advice for you ladies is that under such circumstances, you have to start being wise. Hallelujah. Things can remain the same. Things can remain the same. A certain level of jealousy is allowed because God said he himself is a jealous God. A certain, it is when it becomes obsessive to the extent that you can't even enjoy what you have. You know that some people out of jealousy, they can't, they can't enjoy their marriage. They can't enjoy their relationship all because of jealousy. They are just too jealous. Hey, who called you today? Sometimes of an ex. That's why sometimes, eh, you may not even be wise to disclose all the details of your past relationship. I know what I'm saying is, is controversial. Sometimes it may not be necessary. Because at the time those things happened... You and the person you are with now, you didn't have any covenant. You didn't have any agreement. You can choose to decide what to tell and what not to tell. Sometimes what you don't know doesn't hurt you. Why you don't know that doesn't hurt you? Sometimes people want to know too much. They say when you look under the conjunctiva of a dead body, what will you see? A ghost. You see a ghost. When you go looking for things, you will see things. And woe unto you if you are melancholic in nature and you analyze and overanalyze things. You will build a whole mountain out of an anthill. And you end up not being able to enjoy your relationship. Sometimes certain things are best not said. This one is me that I'm saying. It's not Bible. <laughs> it's me, my opinion. Certain things, just, just, just keep them away. Especially if it is in the past. And it has no bearing on the future. There's no point going into it. So that is the difference between envy and jealousy. That's the difference between envy and jealousy. Sometimes these things can it can affect relationships. I think they say love is blind. It's not blind like that, though. <laughs> love is blind. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> love is blind. Which part of the Bible says love is blind? The part of the Bible that describes love, First Corinthians 13, is there any of the verses that is, says love is patient, love is kind? It didn't say love is blind. Sometimes the blindness in love comes in when there's fornication and stuff like that. That's when you become blind. When the person is even beating you, the person is threatening you with knife. Eh? Because you have jumped and bonded with the person at the level of the spirit, you can't break up. So you see people, they are being beaten, you know, like physical abuse. One lady came to complain to me. She said the gentleman can get angry, like he gets angry too much. And that the last time he got angry and took her phone and smashed it on the floor. I said, young lady, pack your tools and look for, look, God is giving you another chance to be happy in life. He hasn't paid your bride price. He hasn't bought a wedding gown for you. He can take your phone that your father bought for you and smash it. The next time it will be your head. And they'll call your father to come and pick you with an ambulance. Run now. Go away. But I love him. I can't live without him. You want know, you tell me that, I'll ask you, how old are you? You say 22 years. How long have you been going out with him? One year. That means the time you met him, you were 21. You can't live without him. What were you doing before you met him? You were existing. Or you are surviving. How can you say you cannot live without him? Hallelujah. <laughs> Some of these things come in because we jump. We jump. 
we jump, we, we jump, we, we cross flesh and enter spirit. So there are soul ties. Soul ties that cause people, they are married, but they are still thinking about that boy. They are being intimate with their spouse, but they are thinking about that gentleman. Because there's a soul tie. May the Lord break all soul ties in Jesus' name. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. You just tell me they're my I don't have heart. I can't tolerate nonsense. <laughs> I can't just people behave as if they are them. I don't have heart. I can't, I can't tolerate this. Me, if you, I, I'll give it to you. Straight. I don't need a ruler. Give it to you straight. And look, outbursts of anger, those are people who don't have get easily irritable. It is pride that is at the at the base of all of these things. When you are proud, that's when you don't have it's like you see everybody as inferior. Look, hurry up. Look. There are some people when you are in theater with them, those days how job. There are some people you don't even when it's duty day and this particular boss is the one you don't even want to go to the theater. Because hey, 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 bring it, bring it hey, quickly, hey, hey. Everything is an emergency in life. Every single thing, even breathing is an image. <laughs> yeah, annoyed, anger. <laughs> I see these things. <laughs> they can kill you fast. <laughs> Every time you 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 have an outburst of anger, you shorten your life. I'm telling you, shorten your life. You are releasing stress hormones into your system to accumulate and start manifesting as certain diseases later and people use oh but even Jesus when he went to meet them in the temple he got angry how many times did he lash people how many times did Jesus lash people in the Matthew Mark Luke John there's nothing wrong with being angry but it is the frequency of it and how long it lasts when you get angry that's what the problem there's some people when they get angry with you you expect that oh after two three days like Charlie calm down small they see you and their face is still you know that thing they are laughing with everybody they see your face no and that thing they can cut through your heart like so you have somebody who likes peace like you don't like hey it's worse than being slapped how many of you know what I'm talking about Aha. You're smiling with his hands and you see your face. No, and it's painful, it's because they can't let go. But the Bible says, Don't let the sun set upon your anger. The same Bible that says, Don't fornicate, the same Bible that says, Don't commit adultery, the same Bible that says, Don't murder. It says, Don't let the sun set upon your anger. So, as I'm preaching to you now, if I'm dialing your number, you're angry with me by 6 p.m., you have to set me free. Hallelujah. By 6 p.m., you can't be angry with me for longer than because some of the things I've said, I know I've hit you, I've hit you very, very, but it's a therapeutic lash. It's like taking a bitter pill. It's bitter, but it will help you. Hallelujah. Outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition. Some people are just selfish, self centered. You can have people part of a group, but they are looking out for. 
their personal gain. All their suggestions are things that will help them and not the entire group. You can have even a church leadership and there are people there and their mindset is like everything is about them. What will benefit them? What will work for them? And all of that. They are not thinking for the common good. Selfish ambition. Dissension. Division. Another version puts it as factionalism. When you have factions in one group, you can have four groups within the one group. Different factions with different loyalties. You can have a choir. And within the choir, there are choirs. Factions. All of these things are deeds of the flesh. Deeds of the flesh. We can't come together and have one ambition. That is why, you see, in this political season, you have to be wise. Hallelujah. Yeah, you have to be wise. A lot of the people are there for selfish ambition. They are not there because of you. You you see, don't put your life in the hands of a politician and hope that because when 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 the person is voted for that is what will, will cause your your life to change you have said i lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth. a lot of it there are good ones in there but majority of them is a selfish ambition and they like to divide the people for their personal gain you twist the story so that one particular group will suffer so that you will get the votes. Factionalism. I'm waiting for the day MPP people will praise something NDC did. And I'm waiting for the day NDC too will praise something MPP did. So that we know that they are not there for personal ambition but for the, for the good of the nation. For the good of you and I who vote. I'm sure you've all registered. You have your registration card. Uh-huh. It's good. It's your civic responsibility. If you think the current government hasn't done well, vote them out. If you think they need four more years, give it to them. It is your personal, uh, what do you call it? Hallelujah. The politics in this country is becoming too dirty. Me, I'm, 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 I'm getting worried about it. There's too much disrespect in the politics. You read people's Facebook walls and you get angry. Where have we thrown respect to in this country? Young people who haven't achieved anything in their life. Like nothing. Cement block crowd, they don't even know the price. They've achieved nothing. But people who have worked through life and got into the presidency, you can put a statement. So, so and so is a mad dog. I saw it. It's like, my God, what is happening to our politics? Those of you who go into politics, go in and go and sanitize the system. Because the system is too dirty. Too many people with selfish ambition. Too many people who are just ready to divide and rule. So you have to be wise. As I said, if you think they should continue to vote for them. If you think they should be out to vote for whoever you vote. If you like to, don't vote. The ID card, you can use it for many things. We are going to open a bank account. They will give a lot of people. I know that is the reason they went for it. It's not because of any politician. Mm, people are getting wise. We are going to ask a bank account. They want voter ID. In fact, it's, it's the ID card I use the most. <laughs> most of the time, it's voter ID card. 
Now you see, these are the deeds of the flesh. These are the deeds of the flesh. Next. Envy. We've talked about envy. Drunkenness. Don't go Drunkenness. When I, I, I teach you on the Christian and the contemporary, one of the things I'll teach is the Christian and alcohol. So that one too, I'll leave it. I'll talk about the Christian one whole day on the Christian and alcohol. Drunkenness. Wild parties. See, they didn't say party. Wild parties. Some people, they live a party. It's like, Wherever they can fit. Here they, they'll fit nicely. Like see the way you're wearing your face mask and looking very spiritual and very and during the worship you were you know in the in the same way let this atmosphere change. Let the music change. Let the shadows change. Let the makeup change. Let the DJs change. And you will fit in perfectly. So we don't know what you are. I call such people, they are not black, they are, not, they are spiritual half caste. They are not black, you know, like, you are in between mulatto. <laughs> the spiritual mulatto. You can fit anywhere. Hey, poolside party, and you wear a bikini. Hey, 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 hey. And you are going. If a boy invites you to a pool party, he doesn't have good plans for you, I'm telling you. He just wants to have an idea of what you look like without your clothes on. One lady came to him and said, oh, one of the praise and worship leaders in one of the pictures is all mentioned. He's, the way he has been chatting, he says he likes me. He wants us to go out. I said, where did he say, we should go to the pool. I said, hey. You better, first place he wants to go with you is a place where you'll be having, he said, if I didn't say we want to go to, he said we should go and swim. You see, when somebody says go to the pool, it, means, it can mean go and, go and sit by the pool and put your leg in the water or look at that. He said, let's go and swim. He wants to have an idea. <laughs> and now in Ghana, there are all sorts of wild parties that take place in the tertiary institutions. I'm not seeing some in Kolebu yet. I don't know whether it happened. But I go to places like Legon and things. Wild what they have it at the beach in the night. And it's like Noah's Ark. Male, female, male, people disappear into the desert. I don't know why people, the sea doesn't take people. <laughs> you are misbehaving, the sea just comes and carries you <laughs> away like that. God, He has changed. <laughs> it's very, very merciful now. Wild parties. Having a party is not bad. When you are celebrating your birthday, you must do drink up, decent drink up. Hallelujah invite people let them come and celebrate your life with you but what but is playing all kinds of profane songs as a christian you shouldn't be comfortable in such an environment i don't see why a christian can feel comfortable in a nightclub honestly i can't see why you should, you should be comfortable because there people are scantily dressed people are drinking and reeking of alcohol they are smelling of uh what is cigarette and all those uh, me all those smells i can't stand them individually when they combine it's even worse and when you add the sweat of the dancing and everything it is not a place you should be hallelujah wild parties so the bible is talking about these things they are deeds of the flesh. As Christians, we should not be seen engaged in them. 
anger, drunkenness, wild parties, uh, what do you call it, envy, jealousy, and all of these These are things we must take out of our lives. And the reason is that they are landing grounds for the enemy. You negate all your spiritual warfare. You negate all the declarations. I am the head and not the tail. You refer, I'm the head and I'm not the tail. My life is better. Then you have the same. Meanwhile, you have many landing spots. Then let me just look at you. Empty words. They say, an angry person is like a city without walls. You know what that means? You are open to attack. That's what anger does to you. That is why God tells us that don't get angry beyond sunset. Because you, you can't have your defenses open like that. All the Friday night prayers, you are negating them with that, 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 that angry spirit of yours. Getting angry easily. You break your walls. You can pray about divine protection. Yeah, I receive Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of them shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hey, the angels are around me. And this is when you make all the declarations, but you are angry and you break down all the walls. And enemies like look at you. Yeah, that is joking. So before we get excited about declarations, before we get excited about binding demons and binding witches and exercising authority over them. Let us deal with our flesh. Pamel your flesh. The things I've listed, maybe majority of them don't apply to you, but there may be some, one or two, that apply to you. My prayer for you today is that God will give you the strength to overcome the flesh in your life. Paul said, I pamel my flesh. Idols don't go away by themselves. In the Bible, they are taken out aggressively. Today, sit and take a good look at your life. Examine your life and identify the idols that are in your life. The things that you are exalting above God. It may be your marriage, it may be your relationship, it may be your academics, or maybe, maybe, you may even have a certain pot under your bed, even though you were a Christian. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word that has come forth. We pray that it will be cemented deep down in our spirits. We pray that even as we leave this place, your Holy Spirit will continue to minister this word unto us. Open our eyes to see the areas in our lives that are landing grounds for the enemy. Those that are struggling with idolatry. Those that are struggling with sexual immorality. Those that are struggling with selfish ambition. Those that are struggling with drunkenness, wild parties, envy, jealousy, and all the like. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that a desire to wage a war against the flesh will be welled up in their spirits today. I pray that if the enemy has had any landing grounds in our lives and is causing harm in our lives, let the power of your Holy Spirit be made manifest. Let there be a neutralization of the power of the enemy in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, I we pray it with thanksgiving. Amen. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, 
reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Somebody overflow!